Welcome to Economics Happy Hour. My name's Matt. And my name is Jadrian. And we are thrilled to have you here on the day after Valentine's Day. <laughs> I would ask you, Jadrian, what you did on Valentine's Day, but it's um, it's February 8th as we're recording, so we, we, we don't know. But how, how are things in your world? Well, if if the next week goes goes well, I'll have a very nice dinner. Um, and I I I like to treat myself no matter what the holiday is. I I, I will I'll, I'll take any excuse. I think a couple weeks ago it was uh, Hug an Economist Day, and I I, I just sat there and, and just kept myself a little warm for that. Oh, day. That, that was that was good. <laughs> we had a faculty meeting on Hug an Economist Day, so and I had to <laughs> thank everybody for. You know, I knew for it was not a hugging day for so many people, and yet they still came to the faculty meeting. And, um, but that was, oh, that was good. So, what are you drinking? This it evening? is. Uh, I, maybe I should call this a New Year's resolution. I don't know. Uh, I really need to clean out my fridge. So, like last week, I was I was starting to clean some stuff out, and I looked in my fridge, and I go, "This refrigerator is like half beverages. <laughs> like it." I, it's un it's unreal. It's not even sodas mostly. I've got right, I've got milk and orange juice, you know, the usuals. I've got my coffee creamer. I've got lemonades that I've found places. I've gotten a real addiction to these uh they're not called they're there's poppy, but then there's another one. Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like the soda that is like good for your gut health. I can't think of the name of it. I'll I'll find it in a second. I've got those in there. I've got ginger ales because Brian O'Rourke talked me into a, a bar cart. I've got sodas, I've got beers. I'm trying to clean out the fridge. So that was a long way of saying today I am drinking a peak organic brewing uh, IPA. That's all it says okay. is IPA. I, so I, I think I got it from like a beer box. Can't recall time. what I thought, but I remember having that. Uh, I am keeping up my tradition. Um, you know, I mentioned I wasn't doing dry January. I did damp January. And the idea is to try to cut down on the beer consumption. So if I'm going to have two in a night, which tonight I'm planning on having more than one, uh, one during here, and then afterwards, I'm sure I'll have one during dinner to make one non-alcoholic. And so I'm going to do the, I've done this before, but it's going to be the Run Wild yeah. non-alcoholic IPA. Uh, there's actually a story on this uh, company in the Wall Street Journal on, on the weekend edition. Mm -hmm. That's pretty fascinating. They uh, the market research they did basically paying, hey, beer drinkers never drank non-alcoholic because they were terrible. But every, but a whole bunch of them said they would drink them if they yeah. were good. And I think this company, they did a nice job coming up with one that tastes like an IPA. So. You know, I, I've seen it. I, you got me real close when I was at Kroger. And then I was like, nope, yeah. too many beverages in the fridge. I got to cut some of these sure. out. So I had to kind of cut it back. Um, maybe it's coming. Uh, I yeah. did look it up while you were saying that uh, the soda I was talking about are called Olipops. I don't know okay. if you've seen those at the grocery store. Um, there was a great Planet Money podcast about them because they're not they're not sold in the soda aisle. They're sold over in like the cold section, uh, like near kombuchas and stuff. So you you buy them by the can, but they're like two fifty or three dollars a can. They're really good, but they're supposed to have yeah. like probiotic, like that sort of stuff in it. So. I got All a bunch right, of those well, in there too. I need to get rid of. I might have to try one. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> neither of these companies have sponsored us yet. Yes. But if you're listening, we can be bribed, people. So. Oh, Peak uh, Brewery, but... where are you from? You're from Portland, Colorado. Maine. I don't think oh, that's going to, no. it's not going to work. Cheers, well, cheers. Matt. So. Um, Matt, I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, Matt and I have not gotten to talk in a, in a couple weeks or not. I have I like an the office. decorations. You've got, got an art. office. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my hope is that uh, those of you listening, my hope is that I am less echoey because I have purchased 
uh, sound barrier things to put in the office, and there are things in the office to absorb some sound. So my hope is that I am not nearly as echoey as you've heard me for the past six months. Sound sounds great. Sound <laughs> is fantastic. So the um, a couple months ago, I remember you thought, "Wow." There's a bowl game in the Bahamas, and I want to go to that bowl game. <laughs> yes. I and did. then it ended up moving. But to get to the bowl game, you took a cruise. I did. I did. I went. Uh, I, maybe I'll say non-traditional. Um, I am a big cruise fan. So there is a bowl game that is <laughs> every year except 2023. Uh, the Bahamas Bowl is played in the Bahamas. In 2023, the Bahamas Bowl was played in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is actually like three hours away. I could have gone. Um <laughs> But I look, I, 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 so I love the economics of cruises. So that's where Matt and I are going today. But I, yeah, you know, I want to start, our topic. From, I want to start from the beginning and say, I love the economics of it. It is just so much more affordable than like most travel. If you're traveling by yourself, right? If I wanted to fly to the Bahamas and then stay in a hotel in the Bahamas for a couple, couple nights, um, the food that I would have there, right, all those little parts come together. It's gonna be expensive. Like flying to the Bahamas is at a Roanoke, Virginia, um, four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. It's expensive. Um, hotels in the Bahamas are. I mean, I can get cheaper hotels, but the hotels that I'm staying in are between a hundred and two hundred dollars a night. Sure, sure. Um, it would be expensive. A cruise to the Bahamas in December was like two hundred and fifty bucks plus taxes and fees. It was three hundred dollars total. And yeah. I just I had to fly to Florida, so I did have to, I still had to fly. But flights to Florida are way cheaper than the flights to the Bahamas. Um, it's basically my hotel for the. the I was there for but three days. The yeah, it's my hotel. It's my it's my my food, my hotel. I love all the cruises. food, all the hotel, and a whole lot of entertainment all combined. Oh, I gained uh, weight. I the food there was a yeah. lot of food, and I ate a lot of that food. I I I get a ton of steps, and the first days I'll even work out, but I'll gain um, on those too. I've um yeah I've done a fair number of cruises maybe half a dozen or so and i'm actually going on one over spring break oh great and from here actually we just are driving over um it's a three-hour drive to uh it's out of new jersey so it's a royal caribbean seven night cruise so where are you uh, going uh the locations aren't my favorites to be honest okay. uh, it's more on the timing it's good it's going to go to port canaveral which uh, perfectly fine but there's not really enough time to go do a full <laughs> disney day you get there right. too late. so yes. we'll we'll go to the beach and um there's a wizard of oz museum we're going to check out and okay. maybe go to maybe, you know maybe a brewery will call that, that, that <laughs> could happen uh, and then it does go to nasa and it does go to uh their perfect day at coco k side you know thing but yeah we got a balcony cabin uh for a pretty reasonably priced for yeah. uh, did you purchase the balcony cabin or did you auction for the balcony cabin we did uh we just simply purchased it it was okay. uh it was a for this time of year it was a pretty good deal yeah but in speaking of good deals uh i will share the screen so i've flown uh, i've gone to carnival now uh three different times okay and i'm not a huge carnival fan i'm gonna be honest i've been twice on carnival okay not a fan uh, I mean, it's fine the i'm going to log in as we talk <laughs> to you know speaking of cheap cruises here and I'll even share the screen so we can discover this together. Uh, because I have, uh, as Jadrian knows, I enjoy uh, going to the casino from time to time. Um, and they have blackjack there. And I mean, I'm on the trip. I'm not playing too much um, mm -hmm. blackjack. But I, I bet, you know, there might be times um, 
part of what I like about cruises is if, um, you know, my wife might want to, like her idea of a vacation is a little bit more time just doing nothing and reading. And I like doing some. That's that's me. I'm yeah, the, I'm and the I, reader. I like a little bit of the nothing and reading, but not as much as she likes the nothing and reading. So well, she does some of the nothing and reading, I'll take an hour and I will go to um, I'll go to the casino. Well, because of that, I'm now in their system. And <laughs> here here's the rates, Jadrian. Oh, my gosh. Here's so the, how much is, are you gambling? It's not that much. Actually, I'm up on them, too. Lifetime. Um, wow. So if you're if you're on the YouTube, you see this. But uh, seven night Eastern Caribbean from Port Canaveral. $50 per person per room uh, for, for the seven, wow. that's for the seven nights. That's not per day. That's yeah. $50. Now the taxes and fees are going to load a ton to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are for cruises that leave very soon. So these I are, lo- yeah, I love that the, uh, all the other rooms are normal priced and yep. it's just this interior room that you're getting they for will cheap. Put you into the inside, but look at this, an eight night cruise out of well, Miami. For $50. Let's, let's say these out, right? So yeah, Matt, scroll down just a little bit. Click on one or go back so we can see the room total. So Matt is showing yeah. us a bunch of cruises uh, thanks to his uh, his loyalty status. Um, $50 for an interior room. Yep. Ocean view, 1059 Balcony, yeah. 1349 So we're going to talk about that later. And, and honestly, um, that's, the, that's great. Those that's other cool. prices aren't even that terrible, no, to be honest. Um, for seven, no, actually, well, let's do it. Do the math, right? That's what I always say. Do yeah. the math, right? Seven days at a thousand dollars. If you're sitting there going, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're spending a thousand dollars." Well, if you stay seven nights at a hotel that costs a hundred dollars a night, you're spending seven hundred dollars before taxes and fees. Yeah, and, and that doesn't include any food. And good luck and getting not, it at seven nights. And that doesn't. And then there's all the show. There's all the shows. Right. That are there's all the shows, and you're not going to three different countries. Yeah, it's not loading up the taxes and fees part here, which <laughs> they want you to. They want you to put that in your than cart. Dollars? No, I just think they're uh, a little bit. Yeah. I think it's a little glitchy today. But well, so I will say, Matt, Matt, and I are big cruise fans, so we should probably share our bias from the start. That uh, I mean, I mean, we could talk about some of the negatives of cruises if we if we really want okay. to. Um, we're rational people, but we do like cruises, so we probably should but, say that up front. The economics of it, like, uh, though, there's a there's a number of different topics that mm-hmm. we could address. And one that, you know, in our very uh, in our one minute pre uh, pre going live prep <laughs> that you mentioned, and I certainly agree with is looking at uh, what economists would call monopolistic competition. Yes. So Matt pulled up uh, the Carnival website. Um, I like you may have heard me say this earlier. I, I don't really love Carnival. I've been on a Carnival. I've been on a, a two. Um, one when I was a kid, I went with my parents, and then one later as an adult. Uh, I've been to Royal Caribbean. I love Royal Caribbean way better. Um, but one of the things that's really fascinating. This is what Matt and I were talking about a little bit before we hopped on. I I I'm always eyeballing cruises, so I looked at them for spring break as well because I was like, oh, where where can I go? Um, I came across a cruise line I had never heard of. Uh, MSC cruises <laughs> and I was shocked at how cheap they were. And I actually ended up like, I was sitting there going like, what are you, what are you doing different? Like, are you not, are you not giving away food? Like mm-hmm. um, it was like half the price. I, it was, it was this sort of like, and I don't have any special perks, but it was these sort of like six days in the Caribbean for $150. And I was yeah. like, that's not normal. Um, but I learned a lot about it. It was really cool. Um, you're right there. So monopolistic competition is different companies selling different products, 
that are similar um, though. That are They're, similar. Yep, yeah. It's, yeah. So fast food restaurants are often the, the the classic one that I'll bring up in class because if you're um, if you really are like you know what I'm really feeling Burger King, mm-hmm. but you drive by Taco Bell and they have a forty nine <laughs> cent taco day, you might stop at Taco Bell because. Yep. They're different, you know, these are, um, and, and also one of the conditions, and I don't know that the cruise lines quite hit this. It's many mm-hmm. small sellers. I, I yeah, think that's true. Many. Yeah, it's that's tough true. To, it's tough to call them small, but there certainly are many. So um, we really should say it is oligopolistic industry that has differentiated products. Differentiated because products. Because they're definitely not getting zero profit in yeah. the long run. They're, they're making money. And there's so many, um, it, it, it has, it, it does have traces. It, it almost plays like a monopolistically competitive mm-hmm. industry, though. Where- and so a lot of it, right, is that, I mean, they are competing on price. Um, they, this, These are, pr- for a lot of cruises, uh, you know, Matt and I are on the younger end of this. Uh, but if you've been on a cruise, you know you know that it, uh, it skews a little older. Um, and that is a very price-sensitive group. So having cheap prices is actually a really big, important component. But no, truthfully, Matt, it probably is oligopolistic that is doing sort of uh, pricing. That's Bertrand, right? Bertrand pricing in a monopolist or in a differentiated product right so if yeah, we're gonna yeah. get real nerdy we we don't want to offend any of our teachers yeah. who are like there's not many sellers but but you know like part of what it is is they'll each offer something slightly different mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh we've done norwegian cruises that have had broadway style shows and in yeah. fact i know the royal caribbean we're going on has uh the we will rock you the queen one that was in the west cool. end literally for a while uh you know, other places could have, you know, they try to differentiate themselves. Carnival's ads, they try to brand themselves as the party cruise, right? They're, yeah, they're pretty blatant about it. So speaking of a party cruise, uh, this was the mistake I made going to the Bahamas Bowl. I, You know, I didn't realize this. I had only ever been on like week-long cruises. Like I, I'd been on like five-day, six-day, seven-day cruises. But this cruise to the Bahamas was a just a three-day, two-night cruise. I got on the boat thinking, okay, it's Royal Caribbean. It's a little bit nicer, a little bit more expensive. It's not going to be a part. It's not going to be as partyish as Carnival. I, I've never seen so many bachelor parties and bachelorette parties in my life. It was it was a party. And then I connected the dots that this was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, relatively cheap way to um, hang out with your buddies and drink a lot. Um, yes, so yeah. I did not get to read as much as I was hoping. Not not quite as much. Uh, the we did a four night once and it was the alcohol intake was, mm-hmm. was quite a bit higher. It was, I, I don't, I don't know how people do it. So, I mean, Matt and I drink, right? We're like the show is about us having a drink and talking, um, you know, so maybe we can, that could be one of our transitions. One of the ways that they do make things cheaper is they unbundle some stuff. So some things are fully bundled. So, right. You pay for your cruise. You're going to get your hotel. You're going to get most, almost all the food on the boat there's some places well, you, you, could, can, you could you could very you well eat yeah. for free the whole time yes uh you're right there you have options to go eat at a johnny rockets or something but like it's your food it's your entertainment it's your hotel um it's almost fully fully covered except for one really important part which is the alcohol um so i should actually broadly say the drink package is different so if you want sodas uh that's a different drink package um but if you want alcohol that is a it is a much more expensive package and they try to change the prices leading up to it. But you know what? I've done the math. It's like even when it's early, it was like a, I think it was like 75 or $80 a day. Like that was the cheapest I saw it get. And then like cro- closer to the cruise, it was like a hundred dollars. But here's the thing, like on a boat, a drink will cost you 
between ten, 10 and fifteen bucks. bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too if, bad. if you want a it mixed depends. drink. A mixed drink will cost you about fifteen bucks. Um you I mean you need to drink like six or seven drinks a day to yeah. to break even. And I'm sitting here going, okay, I can have a drink in the morning with breakfast. I could do like a screwdriver, a mimosa. Yeah. I can have a drink with lunch. I can maybe have two drinks in the I'm like sitting here going, I can't, I don't my liver, my my heartburn. Actually, I forget my liver. My heartburn. I'm too yeah, old yeah. to drink that much every single day. And then the worst part is if you go with somebody uh, and you share a cabin, both of you have to have the yep. drink package. So you you need both people to be drinkers, so, or else it's not worth it. As a so I've I've got it on Norwegian. Often gives you these free at sea offers, and mm-hmm. so I've done the drink packages for that. And then we've done a drink package in another way, and I'll let you figure out why this was worth it. Um, okay, there are five of us in the family, and we've done a couple family cruises, and we would get two rooms. Okay, and one of the rooms we put the kid package. I was gonna say, so actually, if you, so if you and Amanda weren't in the same room, if you and no, Amanda, and, well, by rule, now we end up being in the same room, right? And then they're in the adjoining, but by law, uh, I have to be in the one room with a child, and yes. they have, and she has to so be in the other room. That's what I meant. Yeah. So if you're in the room with a kid, you, yep. you can't make the kid get a drink package. No, they they have to get the soda package, but that's okay because one yeah. of them getting the soda package, they could split. So if one yeah. adult gets the, the drink package. That's- and now they don't let you get two at a time. You have to mm-hmm. wait five whole minutes to go get <laughs> Uh But then all of a sudden the math works out pretty well. Yeah. If you're going to, um, you know, it's like, I don't drink too excessively, but yeah, you might have, you know, you're on vacation. You might have a couple beers in the afternoon and one or one or two at dinner and then an after dinner drink. And it doesn't take, you know, you no. literally be very paced. And go through some and then if you have a second person then it made it uh worth see it. i always said i could do that one day you're not going to catch me doing that on a seven day cruise i can't i can't do that well see, and on top of it beer is reasonably priced i'd yeah, say it's like 10 seven or 12, bucks i think they're beer? a little bit higher they're not that much oh, beers cheap. Was, beers maybe cheap. you have a, maybe Yuli, let me know in a couple weeks when you go on your new cruise uh i i was i was on the, maybe it maybe it's those carnival prices <laughs> the party cruise so yeah uh, they so this is one way that cruises make a lot of money. Uh, they yeah. price discriminate people. So you know, people like me, I like to drink, but I don't like to drink at that price. Uh, yeah. But there are def you you you'll see it on a cruise. There are definitely people who have no problem meeting their drink requirement. Um, I would talk- say actually, yeah, oh, I say for for cruises, it's the it's the one time I go soda free because I, I I won't even pay for the soda package. We 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 had to buy the soda package. <laughs> There's no way around because you're addicted. Uh, so. I think we've talked price discrimination briefly before, but just for those who are listening and not sure what we're saying, uh, the term discrimination, often you'd hear wildly negative connotations, but it just means that a business is selling a product, basically the same product, essentially, to different consumers for different prices. And it's not always exactly the same product, but it's a way that a firm can attract business from somebody who's not willing to pay very much, who has a low willingness to pay, uh, but then also make quite a bit more in revenue yeah. off of those with the higher willingness to pay. And we've actually already talked about two, one being the drink package uh, or just alcohol in general, right? Mm-hmm. You say you don't get soda on the trips. No, they're getting the soda from me. Uh, <laughs> I I, we, I spent $70 to get a week's full of the refill soda. I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to worry about that. And the other one we talked about was the, we just, we showed some of the prices. We talked about the mm-hmm. prices. Uh, interior room costs pretty much the same for them as a balcony room. 
the prices are wildly different for those. Mm-hmm. But even you paying $50 versus somebody else who isn't a gambler paying more. Um, yes. So, you know, I, I hate the term price discrimination because exactly what you said, it introduces this incredibly negative connotation. I like, well, you know, it's sort of weird. I, I, and maybe, maybe this is my big question for the economics community. We talk about product differentiation. Why don't we call it price differentiation so that we have, and it's literally just different products stigma. versus different prices. Like it just makes more sense to call it price differentiation. I don't know. That's my, that's one of my pet peeves, but you know, I love those sorts of things, right? Like the, um, almost as soon as you take a cruise, you become a, you get a, a new tier, a loyalty, car. a loyalty tier. You basically cruise once and you're officially in the, in a tier up. Um, but even those, right. Those are really great examples where you get 10% off at a Johnny Rockets or you get uh, one free coffee, um, at the Starbucks, you get Wi-Fi for one day. Like the, the deals yeah. are not always that great, no, uh, but no, they're no. deals, right? And and those sorts of those sorts of deals attract people to spend a little bit more um, than they normally would. And so it's a it's a great way for companies, whether it's a cruise or not, but a great way to sort of squeeze out a little bit more money for people rather than making everybody pay for Wi-Fi. Yeah, just and make the ones who really want it pay. Cruise ships are just fantastic at figuring out all the ways they can do this between the various bingo or uh, mm-hmm. deal or no deal competitions or whatever the gambling competitions they'll have uh, the, the casino in general, the alcoholic beverages, the soda package, they, you mentioned some restaurants have an additional charge. That's the yeah. one I'm usually too cheap on. Okay. It's the I've never, on. yeah. I've never gone to any of the restaurants on board. I'm like, I mean, the, Again, I, I really like Royal Caribbean. In my mind, why would I pay to go to one of these other restaurants? The dinner at the dinner's really good. It's a and fancy if you don't, restaurant. It's a fancy restaurant. And if you don't like it, just ask for one of the other things on the menu. You don't uh, have to. You can't you can pick more than one meal. So um, I, Amanda I and I on this one, uh, it's kind of an anniversary cruise. I mean, it okay. was last summer, but we didn't take a long trip then. Mm-hmm. Uh we are doing the chef's table, which Ooh, just okay. seems like a special thing. But it's right. It was like 90 bucks. I mean, it's okay. not super cheap, but we're like, we're comfortable paying that for this experience. Most yes. people won't. Right. And doing okay. it once is, is way different than doing it every time. Right. Yeah. Like that's, this is a way though. They're making a little bit of extra money because we were willing to pay it. And most people, and there is a subset that I'm sure they have enough to fill the table once a night, mm-hmm. but most people aren't willing to do that. And that's another way they make an extra couple grand in revenue. Every, you know, a couple grand here, a couple grand there across the ship. When you, with the many thousands of people who are on each particular ship. Icon of the sea, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was 7,000, 6,000. I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's over, over seven if it's... I think with the crew, it comes really close to 10,000, um, yep. which is just... Yeah, I mean, some of our listeners live in town smaller than that. Um, it's always... It's fascinating. Like, I love... And this is where maybe I should have been a supply chain person. I love just sort of thinking about the specialization that goes on inside of a cruise ship. Um, one of the things that really confused me when I took my very first cruise was how often my room got made. Cause I right, it's my first cruise. I didn't know this. And it seemed like, it seemed like that little cabin attendant was just waiting for me to come back. Um, but compared to like a normal hotel where like a, a crew is maybe servicing multiple rooms, your cabin attendant might have 10. Uh, and he's just basically like going in circles uh, fixing your room, making the the towels into monkeys, doing all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, but even just like, there's all these really great videos online. I think it's Business Insider has a bunch of them 
of showing the efficiency of getting stuff food onto the boat and off the boat and all that sort of stuff. And it's, it's so cool to watch them sort of in the galleys preparing a thousand plates of salad for every meal, every night. It's fascinating. of just like the specialization yeah. that these people go through. Looked it up. 7,600 passengers at maximum capacity. Uh, and then a crew of 2,350. So you're right. It's okay. almost 10,000. That's um, Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania has uh, about just under 6,000 people. So this is a floating <laughs> the whole, city. The whole town can go. Zealand's Grove, right? And they have to. Everybody needs to be fed. There needs to be a doctor mm-hmm. on board if things happen. Yep. There needs to. Then they have all the entertainment. They have to figure out the trap. I mean, the uh, the optimization mm-hmm. of the traffic flow. How do you have events in different spots so it's not overcrowded in one particular spot? Oh, it, so my my trip to the Bahamas. If those of you listened. Did we actually talk about my trip? I don't know if we actually talked about it. I think we kind of talked about it. I don't know if there was an episode about it. Uh, basically, got rained. it also got rained out. So if if the Bahamas Bowl had happened in the Bahamas, I probably wouldn't have actually seen the game because there was a massive storm that came through. Um, but I did not get to go to Coco Cay because the, the weather was so bad they couldn't dock. So instead, we got a day at sea. Um, so they sort of – the storm was so bad they kind of – Instead of stopping there, they floated us out away from the storm so that we took an extra day. But you could sort of see the panic of the people on the boat because right, they weren't planning any activities for the day. And all of a sudden they're like, well, now we need to have a full day at sea. Um, But they they did an amazing job of just – being able to move people around and 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 get shows going and all sorts of stuff. It was it's just really cool to think about like and they do that every three days. It's just the three days and then they start over again. It's the same yeah. thing again. It's amazing. Absolutely fascinating. So speaking of the workers, one thing that I think is interesting on this, right? Yeah. These are not in America. No, right? I was gonna I was gonna pivot to this too. So I'm good. Okay. I'm glad you did. So these are um, like, you know, they're they're sold on the American stock market, but these are out at sea and they'll dock in the, Mar- you know, in the U.S. But these are not in America. And if you go on a cruise ship, uh, you will notice a wildly international mm-hmm. crew, uh, many from countries that make lower incomes. Mm-hmm. And part of it, of course, is the wages that are accepted, I think, I am not certain of the exact, I'm not privy to the exact wages and it's low. Would they comply with minimum wage laws or not, but they're lower than what would be necessary to induce the same, uh, that amount of Americans to work in the particular yes. terms. And the hours can also, they're not subject to eight hour a day laws for hours. So it's I don't a think very there's no way they're working subject. eight hours. They're, yeah. they're working all day long. Like the- it's a fast, it's an interesting mm-hmm. subject. And I've, yes. I've had heard people have very strong opinions on this saying they, they disagree. They think this is appalling that somebody would make low wages and have to work so long on the particular cruise, you know, on a cruise ship. Yeah. Let's also add that the boats are um, registered in other countries too. So they're all boats have to have a flag associated with the country that they're from. Almost all of the boats um, are jamaican or bahamas or panama it's they are not um they're not considered u.s vessels which is really important I, going back to what you were saying like everything that you were listing off is really important but also sort of from a taxes a safety a gambling like all those sorts of rules too um they follow the country of their home flag unless they're docked in the united states and then it's different you have to follow for them but it but it's pretty interesting so there are some people who are li- like uh 
thinking this this isn't right. The economist in me uh, sees it a little bit differently that this is actually providing an opportunity for somebody to really make quite a bit more money. And yeah, this is this is where I think you and I are going to, I'll say, surprisingly agree. Um, even though yeah. we've talked about this before, that we end up agreeing on a lot we of things. We end up agreeing a little bit more, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I'm in the same boat, Matt. Um, yeah. It's it. I think it is, there are moments where it's really hard on me, kind of they're sort of realizing that, you know, I'm enjoying free time and, you know, these, cho- these cruises are really cheap and I would have been willing to pay more, but, you know, I think about that regularly, but I think about that even when I'm going to a Taco Bell or something like I'm it's in the back of my head. I try to make up for that in terms of tipping, um, which makes sort of helps me alleviate some of the I think the guilt behind it. But I think exactly what you said, right, that that I think there's a difference between low wages where somebody is being forced into labor, where we're talking about indentured servitude, slavery, anything in that space versus people opting into a condition that is better than what they could have gotten somewhere else. Yeah. Um, or if we think about this in an international context, these jobs are, and I'm going to assume from the worker's perspective or else they wouldn't do it, that these jobs are better than the jobs they could have gotten um, at home. But, and so in that sense, it's, it is a, it is a Pareto optimal result. Um, I'm benefiting from, from low prices. They're benefiting from better pay. Uh, there's just, I, I have guilt, but I, I try to fix that with tipping. I don't really, I don't think I have the guilt on that. I, I okay. see uh, in talking to the individuals there, it's it's quite clear on a, on a lot of them, right? This is, this is a, this is the dream job. Like they're able to build a better life. I really admire, you know, the, the folks that I've talked to who are doing this, right? Like somebody who's taking the effort to doing something a little different, a little scary, and earning money, saving money, and really getting a much better life for themselves and for their family. Um, I think tip probably tip reasonably generously as well. But I think going on the cruises as a whole, the fact that these things exist mean all of the individuals who have these jobs are better off than if yep. the jobs my, didn't exist. My guilt comes from how I see other people treat them. And so I just... yeah. I <laughs> I don't think that's cruise line specific. No, that's not uh, cruise line specific. specific. Uh, and I don't know that it's necessarily people who go on cruises do or, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I wish we were all a little nicer to each other. Um, and I don't understand why people treat other people like that. And there is, there is, there are times. Um, and again, just like what Matt said, this is not a cruise specific s- scenario. Um, you know, you see it in restaurants all the time where, I, I don't know where it comes from, but people will treat their servers poorly because there's some sort of power dynamic at play. And I'm like, they're humans. And at the end of the day, they're going home to a family, treat them with some humanity and dignity as a human. Yeah. So I think that's where my guilt comes from is that I, I, I try to make up for some of my other cruise passengers, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I, I probably tip a little bit more than a generous amount. But, yeah, that's very nice. That's very nice. So... There, we talked a little bit about the price discrimination, a little bit about worker conditions, a little bit about the product and cruise differentiation. Anything else on the, and a little bit on the supply chain aspect of it. Well, I'm going to say, Matt, I think uh, at least for our listeners, the people who have been listening for as long as they have, um, maybe we should have talked about cruises earlier. I didn't know you and I were going to get so excited yeah, talking okay. about cruises. Do a part um, two. Yeah. So, you know what? One of the things that's fascinating, we talked about the kind of the flags and the home, like where these boats are located sort of home country wise. I saw an interesting perspective on this and I, 
I don't know. I, I'm in the same boat where like, okay, if if uh if the United States was really mad about it, you like you could raise port fees. Uh if you really if you if you want to try to get some of that money back, like they could they could do things if they wanted to try to get the money back. They're they're choosing not to. Um but one of the things I saw that was really interesting, at least from the I think I saw it from Royal Caribbean where they sort of explained their perspective is that uh, essentially the boats aren't in the United States for most of the time that they're docked. Um, you know, they, they pick people. So I, I, I choose to go out of Miami and Orlando. Um, but like, basically they pick you up in Orlando for a half a day and then you spend two days in the Bahamas and you come back for half a day. Yeah. They're in the Bahamas most of the time. Um, they're not in the United States half the time. Uh, and they're choosing, you know, maybe the Bahamas, maybe Jamaica, maybe that's not where they spend most of their time. Uh, but the, their argument was basically they spend more time at those ports than they do at the U.S. ports. Uh, so even though it starts and stops in the United States, they're spending more time over there. I thought it was an interesting perspective. It's um, an interesting one. Um, I'll be curious for our listeners. I know cruising is very popular. Uh, point out any other interesting economics lessons from cruises that you've seen or tips and tricks. Uh, it's always fun to hear everybody's best cruising tip. Uh uh, kind of fun for us, but we are about at the point to think about pop culture. Any any pop culture things coming to mind? I very I very quickly searched cruise um, in my econ media library, but there is one that is about cruises. Uh, it is from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, it has nothing to do actually with the cruises. However, it's about what time you arrive at the airport. So one of the characters in the show is going on a cruise and he's talking to his coworkers and is basically figuring out like, hey, he needs to get to the airport in order to go to his cruise. What time should he arrive? And he's sort of a a naive person. So they told him that he needed to be there at least eight hours beforehand uh, or else he's probably going to miss his flight. And so he falls for it and um, ends, ends up believing that eight hours is appropriate. But Matt, I think either you and I have talked about this before um, and from in terms of efficiency, I guess it's a really good uh, chat since we started talking about cruises and their efficiency. Um, there are a group of economists, notably Tyler Cohen talks about this regularly um, and says, basically, if you've never missed a flight, you arrive at the airport too early uh, and you're wasting time. So Matt, maybe this is a, we'll do a little weird connection with efficiency. Do you show up early? Or have you missed flights? I have not missed a flight. I have come very close twice. Okay. To the point one, um, I have come past the check-in point twice in my life. And both times they were able to like, get me onto the plane after saying, oh, this isn't going to yeah. work for you. Uh, I, I I kind of buy that argument. It, it I, I suppose it depends. I buy on, the theory. I buy the theory. <laughs> Well, the question, I guess, is how miserable is your life at the airport? If mm -hmm. you think being at the airport is just the pit of misery, um, well, then they also they, they must fly from big airports. Matt and I are flying from Harrisburg and Roanoke. Well, I got to I got to BWI or Newark some of the time. But if we miss our flight at Harrisburg, uh, oh, we're in trouble. We, we're in trouble. So we need to show up early. Yeah. And then. um I've, I've evolved. I used to have a little bit more of that opinion, but then I'm like, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world to sit, sit and read or pull uh -huh. out the laptop that's, and do work. That's me. I log off early. I'm like, Hey, I got to be at the airport. I'm not working the second half of the day. I use it as part of my vacation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's perfectly 
fine if if lounge access if you ever can lounge access at the airports are glorious if you ever mm -hmm. have now our small ones will not have that but some of the others do so so what's your pop culture uh nothing i have nothing on cruises nothing. okay uh but well, I, this I, is good. We, we had two conversations here so this was we expanded our yeah. pop culture to include a concept include a concept so i have um oh I'll, I'll have um maybe our next topic i'll have something that's related on pop culture the one thing i'll say is uh the for those who are curb your enthusiasm fans i the final season is dropping now so the second by the time those this drops the second episode will be out and every friday i'm doing a video on economic lessons from there have you ever watched curb your enthusiasm is that yeah uh larry david puts himself in the most ridiculous scenarios i'm not a fan of the show i don't, I don't... okay um i, I... which is weird because i love seinfeld and George is an amazing character, and I know yeah. George is based off of him. And it's funny because I'm a Don't way like bigger fan of this than Seinfeld. But mm -hmm. there's the ridiculous situation. So there's some coming up. Speaking of cruise lines, there will be one on the economics of tipping okay. that comes out. There's one on signaling and screening because Larry David decides to wear a MAGA hat in order to first offend people so that they won't they'll go away from him and then he then he figures out a scenario where it really helps endear the, so there's a bunch of them if you like it um <laughs> you can check out the youtube videos that are coming out so that'll, yeah. that'll be the sh pop culture shout out i'll give for okay things but not a specific so, your selfless plug i i will be shameless I'm, i have no and you wrote a very nice article about icon of the seas if you want more on cruising so i didn't even out. mention that so monday the economist monday, has one monday uh, is it just monday economist i always thought monday no morning. it's monday morning economist but i shorten it to monday economist sometimes just to make it easier yeah sure but no so that's a great article if you're looking for a little bit more write up on cruises so how, how was your beer actually matt so i didn't finish it because we were having such a good time talking this is one of the few times i think matt and i have this is the most verbs and words we've used together so i think if somebody runs the transcript you and I have talked tremendously. I haven't gotten to drink very much, so Man. I'm going to finish this right after we log off, but it is really good. Great. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please uh, give a nice review, thumbs up, all of the good stuff. We appreciate it. Leave a comment, and until next time, cheers. Cheers, Matt.